Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. Everybody, we are back and we couldn't be better than ever because Wits and Roz is entering a place of pure bliss. The NFL season has begun. I understand it is preseason. I understand that it is the Hall of Fame game. We're watching it currently here on Thursday. I know you won't listen to this till Saturday. The Ravens are up 17-7 unless something changed in the last two minutes of me preparing for this. It has not, in fact... Um, Xander, how pumped are you? I know you're a little less pumped than I am that football football is back. I'm very pumped. Um, and it's it's kind of hard to describe right now because I've just been so into baseball. Haven't even really been looking at football that much. But now that we got you know that first preseason game out of the way, um, get all the rankings, all the big news coming out, super exciting fantasy football. I think the best sport around. Um, of all time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's honestly nothing better. And now that we're about to get Sunday bowling, Sunday football, it's it's going to be a good year. It always is. I am going to be jealous that I don't get to be a part of this year's bowling league because I still remain in L.A. That's where I'm sitting at currently doing this show. But football, football is what really makes the fall a great time of year. It's not the leaves changing colors. It's not the at least the inevitable for Chicagoans that the snow is just around the corner. But football. It drives your Sundays. It drives your week. I know they give you a little teaser on Thursday. Never really the best games they play during the week. But you get to Sunday, and it's just one hell of a day. There's nothing else you have to do. I know you have to go bowling, but you sit there, you and you to. sit on a couch and watch want your to. football. Don't have to. It's, it's a want. Nothing a- better than a bowling-football combo. Um, and I'm really excited for Rube because he never got to experience the football part of it because he joined – uh, bowling squad pretty late but nothing better waking up 7 30 go get some bowling some bagels come home 11 50 10 minutes till kickoff um and i mean there's really only two off days in the week tuesday and wednesday because we get monday night football you get thursday night then you get the weekend friday saturday so you party it up sit around and then all you day get some nice football yeah and then you know on that occasional occasional week where maybe it comes down to monday night in your football matchup it's I mean, it's it's great, and then we start getting Mac. We start getting Mac college football Tuesday, Wednesdays. I mean, you never really uh, take it. That, that's that's for the gambling addicts, though. That's that's for the real top of the line. There. I mean, 
What's nice about football, because you mentioned partying on Friday or Saturday, getting a little drunk, maybe getting that hangover going, school would interfere with that. Let me just be honest with you. You go back to school hungover and drunk, it's not a good time. But if you're hungover and drunk on a Sunday with football, it doesn't punish you. It lets you lay there on the couch. It lets you enjoy what's going on. But let's get to the actual statistics. Let's get to some real sports talk. We know football is back because of the Hall of Fame game, and I know football is back because the Packers have been spanked with their first injury. Jake Ryan going down with a torn ACL. Projected starting middle linebacker for the Green Bay Packers this year. I'm not worried. We've still got Blake Martinez and Oren Burks, who we just drafted in the third round this year. So I'm okay. It was. It hurts to see the Packers already on the injury report, but there are some other big injuries we'll cover in a little bit. Antonio Brown just sent back to Pittsburgh with a need for an evaluation. But Xander, we did this last year. We're coming back strong this year with doing uh, fantasy football preparation for everybody who listens. And we're going to start off big with the quarterbacks. We're going to go through the top quarterbacks who you're looking at in terms of not a sleeper, but a guy you go with it and what round you kind of feel uncomfortable taking him. We'll go through the rankings. If you're into the guy, let me know. If not, if you got a sleeper, we're going to hit some sleepers for you guys. I know Xander is the quarterback whisperer. And um, I just couldn't think of the I couldn't think of the reverse for that, to be honest, because he's not really the quarterback whisperer. He's the opposite end of that. A guy who loves Ryan Tannehill and Andy Dalton, a guy who uh, who doesn't look at a star quarterback the same way I do. So obviously, number one is Aaron Rodgers. And the, the main question I have, this isn't to inflate my ego. This isn't to bolster the Packers. But Aaron Rodgers, the number one quarterback listed here. And we're using Yahoo because that is the platform we use. How do you feel about Aaron Rodgers? Is there a time you read? I know quarterbacks are different than pitchers in fantasy, but I know quarterbacks are very important. They're very consistent. You're hoping they get you 20 points per week, if not more. Do you reach on Aaron Rodgers, or is this just you're still in the section here where you're not going for a guy like him? I don't really ever like reaching quarterbacks in your traditional league. Um, you know, I realize it's different in a two quarterback league. I've never played in a two quarterback league. I've always wanted to though, because I think that's where quarterbacks turn into kind of a premium position. But in a league like ours, where there's only ten teams, so you're getting a, you're basically getting a top ten quarterback, no matter how you slice it, and trying to decide which of those ten guys is going to be the best um, and that much better than the next guy. I think is really tough. So, I mean, I, th- I think it kind of read me the right way. Um, I never really like to reach on a quarterback, but if there was if there was a guy who I would maybe do it for, it would be Aaron Rodgers. Because I think not only, you know, is he one of the most talented QBs in the league, but he's got some weapons, um, and he's just – He's just the best, and he he knows how to work the ball downfield. I mean, that's one thing um, you know you're going to get with Aaron Rodgers is the opportunity for those big weeks. I mean, there's some there's some guys out there, um, you know, who can score points, but really just don't give you a lot of opportunity all the time. Um, You know, a guy like Marcus Mariota, I think, is awesome, but you know, just doesn't for me doesn't have that really high ceiling on a week to week basis where he'll throw for four four hundred four hundred fifty yards. you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers could, you know, easily go 350 and three tutties every week. Um, so he's a guy I'm always looking at. But I haven't had him too. I think I've only had him one time, you know, in the past. Well, I hate when anybody takes him, and it's not me. I mean, obviously, I'd love to have as many Packers as I can have on the team. You mentioned that we are in a 10-person league, and we're going to be talking this format. You said you end up with a top 10 quarterback. I don't necessarily think that is true if you are playing the waiting game. I've seen backup quarterbacks fly off the board earlier than I find valuable but it happens 
and our next quarterback on this list, I I would pass on him ten out of ten time. Russell Wilson's actually actually the second ranked quarterback this year in fantasy football. I don't know if you're a fan of that. Last season he posted 358. That was more than any other quarterback in fantasy football. Unbelievably. What do you feel about Russell Wilson at the two? Uh, I mean, I, I'm more of an injury-prone um, guy. I'm, I'm scared of those kinds of guys. And not to say that he's very injury-prone. I mean, he's been pretty durable throughout his career. Um, but uh, I don't know. Russell, Russell Wilson kind of scares me. He's a super tough guy, though. So I think you can always um, you know, you can take that to heart, that he's, he's always going to be fighting to be out there. Um, but he, he's a guy you could take a risk on, I think, and get a very formidable backup who could end up being, you know, a top five quarterback anyways. I mean, you look at, you know, one through 10 and the Yahoo rankings, you look at 11 um, down, you got Rivers, Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, Mariota, Luck, Smith, Prescott. I mean, those are all guys who could end up in the top 10 at the end of the year. So I think even if you take a risk in our league with a quarterback, um, there's, there's always a guy you can find as a backup. What you might be missing out on, though, is, you know, a running back or a receiver or a top-tier tight end that you could have drafted. Um, but my personal opinion, I stay away from Russell Wilson. Um, I always kind of do, even though last year he was the number one quarterback. So, I mean, you take that for what it's worth. Um, that's just kind of my personal philosophy. I, I, I stay away from guys um, like that. But really nothing wrong if you take him. All right, and I'm going to wrap out the top five or wrap up the top five, and you're going to give me a hot and cold with each of them. I'm going to list them off. Well, we're going to stay Brady. hot. We're going to stay hot until after the break because that's all the time we have here Fair. for the Sporting Edge, everybody. You miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com, and we'll be back with more quarterback talk. What's up, what's up, everybody? We are back, and like I said, we're going to get through the top, rest of the top five quarterbacks in fantasy football right now, or at least in the rankings. Sanders going to be hot and cold if he likes any of them, if he sees him, t- if he sees himself taking him in any of the early rounds. Brady is three, Deshaun Watson is four, and Drew Brees rounds it out at five. Interesting enough, you've got some very old quarterbacks in that top five. There has to be a decline eventually, but I'm interested to hear who you're hot on and who you're cold on out of those three quarterbacks. That's a great question, Roz. Um, first of all, I think a lot of it has to do with the league that we're in. Um, on the flip side, I'm in a rotisserie league with my dad, uh, Bubba, and that's a completely different league because you can take any position you want at any time and guys with huge upside at the end of the year. I mean, you, you could take a team with all wide receivers. You could take all quarterbacks. Um, but in a league like ours, like I mentioned, 10 teams, you only get one quarterback. I'm staying away from a guy like Deshaun Watson. I just am. Wow. I hate to say it. He could be great. He could be the number one quarterback in the league. But for for my taste in our kind of league, I see very little, I don't want to say upside, but I don't see any value in reaching on a guy like that. Um, if he fell to me, and I know he won't, but in the you know the eighth or ninth round, I might take a shot at him. But a guy who just came off a torn ACL um, and is only one year into the league, I don't like it. I love Brady. Um I think there's a lot of fire, a lot of passion there. Bring up the age point. I mean, I could have brought that that point up five years ago. And meanwhile, look at what the guy's done. Don't see any signs of him really slowing down. So he's a guy I would love to have as my quarterback. Um, but, you know, a Deshaun Watson in a rotisserie type league where it's just overall points, there's no lineups, take anybody you want. That's where it becomes a lot more interesting because he could be, um, you know, in, in my dad's league, 
a first round pick because he's got that type of upside compared to all the other positions in the value in the league. But you run the risk of him being out for the year again because um, he is a pretty mobile quarterback, and that's one of the reasons he got hurt last year. So we'll see um, if he changes his style at all. I think it's tough for a guy who's that talented to really change the way he plays the game. But um, I've been wrong before. I've been wrong many times. And who was number five? Was it Cam Newton or was it Drew? It was Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Drew Are you Brees. hot or cold on Drew Brees? I'm uh, lukewarm. I'm in the middle. If he was my if he was my fantasy quarterback going into the year, I wouldn't be that happy. I wouldn't be that. Upset. Well, this is interesting because this is your quarterback of the last two seasons. A guy who you've put a lot of faith in. A guy who has let you down. A guy who has given you some points. So this is to hear lukewarm. It seems like you're shying away a little bit. Yeah, well, I do have a little bit of a a little bit of a rotten taste in my mouth. Um, <laughs> you know, first uh, two years ago it was the Drew Brees Brandon Cooks duo. Which, um, you know, I needed, I believe it was like 31 or 32 points from in my first round of playoffs and came up with about six. That left a rotten taste in my mouth, but I I came back the next year and went with the Drew Brees-Michael Thomas combo, which was very disappointing um, midway through the year. Got a little better, but overall wasn't what I expected. And you know what? Drew Brees... Like I said, I'm in the middle. Wouldn't be happy. Wouldn't be mad. Um, there's some other guys out there, though, who I think I'd rather have. I mean, looking at Brady and Rodgers, I'd much rather have them. And then, you know, looking down the rest of the top ten. Yeah. This is, so this is where it gets interesting when you bring up the rest of the top ten. This is where I think if I don't – and there isn't a quarterback other than Rodgers, if I can get my opinion in, that I don't think, I, I don't think I'd reach for. I don't think there's a top ten quarterback I'm confident enough on to pass on the value of of a top-end wide receiver or running back. Rodgers would definitely send me through a whirlwind if I had a first-round pick and had that option. But then I looked down the list, and at 21, just because we're going to get into sleepers eventually, is Derek Carr. So I just want to let you know that it is spread out in terms of potential players. And Derek Carr was a good enough starting quarterback to have on a fantasy roster. But like you said, uh, 6 through 10 is interesting. you got Cam Newton, who... Says he's revitalized himself. He has more energy. He's feeling good. Again, a guy like Deshaun Watson who has the potential to give you top-end fantasy quarterback stats. I mean, he put up 315 points last year. You've got Jimmy Garoppolo at 7, which is interesting. I hope to get a point across there. Carson Wentz, another Deshaun Watson type. He's coming off of an ACL injury. It's a lot of pressure to come in on a Super Bowl team where you weren't the quarterback that won the Super Bowl for that team. you got Kirk Cousins, who I think is an absolute bum. Bust, that's my first and probably only bust pick I have for right now. And then Stafford, a guy I like. I think he rounds out the top 10, and he's been a very consistent quarterback. 283 was one of his lower seasons, but he's been a consistent guy. I mean, are you hot on any of these 6 through 10 guys? Um, not so hot on Newton or Wentz, um, purely because I don't want to take the risk. I think, like you mentioned, all the way down at 21, um, you've got – who I, th- I think we're looking at different ranges. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. I got, I'm Yahoo. I'm, 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 I'm on Yahoo too. I've got 21 Blake Bortles and Derek Carr. Um, but you know, wow. Wentz and, and Newton, just not not guys that I want to take the risk on in our type of league. Um, and I have to I have to disagree with you. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a big year, um, regardless of what you think about him as an actual quarterback winning games. It, it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, you know he's got a big arm. You know he can get the ball downfield. 
and he's got some weapons, um, mainly Stefan Diggs. Um, in Minnesota, you got Adam Thielen, and you've got Dalvin Cook, who's going to be coming back this year. I think he's going to have a, a very good year. Um, he's got a lot of pieces around him, and he can get the ball downfield. And I think that this Minnesota team, um, I think they're going to score a lot of points. This is going to be a very good football team. Um, you know, a team that, you know, last year they were, you know, they were close. They were close to getting to the big game. Um, and that was a great play by Stephon Diggs. Um, against the Saints, which is will go down as one of the all-time worst blunders. I, I forget the safety's name, but um, one of the worst plays you'll ever see. But you know, looking at some of these other guys, you know, a Stafford, I'd be okay with. Even all the way down at fourteen, if I, I've, I've a feeling this guy might be one of the last starting quarterbacks taken, if not one of the first backups. I think Matt Ryan is going to perform this year, um, and not as good as a, as a Brady or a Rodgers, but. I'd be fine if, you know, Matt Ryan, if I took him in the eighth or ninth round and he was my starting quarterback and I got to load up on what I thought were some good running backs and wide receivers. Um, I think he's got a lot. And then Jared Goff down at 13. I mean, that was a guy who was a top five fantasy quarterback last year. And, you know, there's there's no telling that he can't get even better this year. So he's, he's a guy that I'm looking at, too. Goff's interesting. I, again, like the Todd Gurley thing. It was Goff's, I know it was his sophomore season, but it was Goff's like first year of exposing that he can be a legit quarterback in this league. I think people will fix their schemes, and I think it'll get to Goff a little bit more this year than people are anticipating. He's on my borderline bust watch. This whole talk about Pat Mahomes in Kansas City, although he just threw seven interceptions in his first six training camp like scrimmages, so just put that out there. But they're saying Pat Mahomes could be the steal of any draft they said he is a absolute sleeper at the quarterback position it's going to be his offense to run now I, I think it's interesting right he, I've got him right behind Goff here on this Yahoo thing I would like to watch out for him I think if I could get him as a backup I would but if he's going to be flying off the board I have no problem seeing what he's got to offer on somebody else's team I gotta ask you about Andrew Luck Andrew Luck is on the board he's ahead of Derek Carr is there any instance where Andrew Luck is a player on which his team come this season? Yeah, I think there definitely is. Wow. Um, as a backup. Not okay. taking him as my starting quarterback. But I, our league, I just think it downplays quarterbacks. It just there's not, there's really no need, which kind of makes it less fun to go out and take a huge risk on a quarterback. Two quarterback league, which I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that out in the atmosphere. Um, in the future for our league, I think that makes things a lot more fun because two quarterback league, you need two good quarterbacks to play, and that makes your second pick as at quarterback that much more important. But with a league like ours, you could have you know a Rodgers and Golf combo. I mean, you'd have so many great combos, um, and you could even go with like two middle range guys that you could just pick and pick and place. Whenever it gets hot, you can start them. So. The quarterback talk, I think, in our league is a little less interesting because you just you don't really need to take. I don't. The I think they make or you kind of underappreciate the quarterback in our league. I've seen it make or break teams. I understand that the running back and the receiver bring more value, but having a quarterback who isn't consistent and isn't bringing you the points that Rodgers or a Brady brings you, it can hurt you. I mean, weeks where you have Deshaun Watson who can put up the thirty, but then put up a four. 
I mean, you see quarterbacks go through a blunder sometimes, and they just cannot get you enough fantasy points. I mean, you need, respectively, 20 to 25 points from your quarterback to, I believe, be in any fantasy matchup in our league. So I think a quarterback is essential, and I don't think after looking at the top five guys, you have people who can consistently give it to you week in and week out. I mean, I talk about Derek Carr, but there's weeks where he struggles to get 14 fantasy points, and that's already putting a damper on my team. Yeah, um, I agree, but we'll talk more after the break. This is the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com, and we'll be back after the break. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here, the long-awaited Bubba Report. Bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Bubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back for our third segment. We've been talking about the quarterbacks a lot recently. We're going to wrap it up real quick. But before we do, actually, let's wrap it up. My sleeper pick is going to be Derek Carr at 21. I think Amari Cooper is going to be along the lines of one of my sleeper picks as well when we get to the wide receivers down the line. But I love Derek Carr down here. I also like... Matt Ryan, like you were saying, again, he's very low. If I can slip him in the late rounds, he has Julio Jones. That in itself is a big enough target. Have a nice young tight end there as well. I don't know. Those are my two guys. I don't know if you have two quick sleepers before we move into today's daily news as well as our football Super Bowl early predictions. Yeah, I've got two quick sleepers as well. Um, At 21 on my list, Blake Bortles. I think that's a guy um, on a very good team who could end up I think having a great year, had a had a pretty good year last year. Um, I could see him being a top 10 quarterback. And then, very interesting, Jameis Winston, down all the way at 26. I know he's suspended for the first three games, but if you can get past that and the fact that he may or may not be a piece of shit, um, he's a guy who I think was, I could be wrong, but was projected to be a top 10 quarterback last year. Showed some spurts, um, and I think having, having a guy like Mike Evans definitely doesn't hurt. Um, so I think Jameis Winston could be a sleeper this year as well. I like that. All right, well, that's enough for the quarterbacks. You draft who you want to draft. If you don't draft Aaron Rodgers when you have the chance, you're an idiot. But let's get into it. Xander, we're going to do something you are so horrible at that I'm hoping you reverse the, the streak. We are doing our way too early Super Bowl predictions, although it's not super early. We didn't pull like a baseball one where we did it in like January, but let's get into it. We're going to pick our Super Bowl picks. Let's just run through Xander's recent stretch of picks. He's got the New York Mets as of late. He had the New York Giants last year. He's got an affiliation with New York for some reason. Loves the Giants, love the Mets. I'm interested to see who he's going to go with this year. Last year, I was wrong on the Packers end. 
a lot of tough stuff happened in the middle of the season with Aaron Rodgers' collarbone issue. But I did get the Patriots, who I said would lose to the Packers in the Super Bowl. So I guess I was one for two in getting teams there. Xander, I'm going to let you take this because you have been the worst and you deserve to be able to pick first. Mm. I have been pretty bad. Um, it really hurts me to take any team but the Patriots because, I mean, year in and year out, they're the definition, I think, of success in any professional sport. But I'm going to shy away a little bit this year, and I'm going to go with another pick that could definitely blow up in my face. Oh, my God. But this is going to be the year of Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Viking. They're going all the way. Great defense. It's going to help out Kirk Cousins a lot. Something that he never had in Washington was a great defense. I think it's going to take off a lot of pressure from him. He's going to have a very good running game. He's got a lot of weapons on the outside. And I think he's finally going to show us that all he needed was a new place with a new face. Minnesota Vikings 2019 Super Bowl. It would be 2018-2019 Super Bowl champion. But who do you have them beating? I'm going to have to stick with it. The New England Patriots. I, Fair. I see a rematch. I see a rematch in the AFC Championship game, and I see the Patriots coming out on top again with touchdown Tom against Blake, the man Bortles. Yeah, you couldn't even think of a creative nickname for him. <laughs> I, know, I was going to say Blake INT Bortles, but he's not or Blake no, Blake no big play Bortles. I mean, that's fine. That's interesting. Romo with the Jaguars pick was interesting. So that at least gives you some hope that the Jaguars will be able to do what they did last year. I don't think the Rams and Jaguars are going to match exactly what they did last year, but that's a conversation for a different day. I'm going with the exact same picks as last year. The New England Patriots coming out of the AFC because the AFC, in my opinion, didn't get any better in this offseason. If you think about it, we talk about the NBA a whole lot and – is anybody going to get better to catch up to the Golden State Warriors? But the AFC is in that same sense. They never get better. And Alex Smith leaving the Chiefs to go to the Redskins, I think, hurt a little bit because I think that Chiefs team was pretty good with him. I don't know why Alex Smith is the scapegoat, but he has been. I don't know if Case Keenum is going to be real. I mean, he looked good with the Vikings last year, but I don't think he's going to leave this Broncos team whose defense is getting older. I understand that they had that very ferocious, scary defense that led them to a Super Bowl, but they're older. That was a while ago. You have to think about it's been a couple of years since that defense was all intact. Yeah, and so, they're, they're ranked all the way down CBS power rankings, everybody. They're back all the way down at 27 um, after a 5-11 and 11 year. Case Keenum. A lot riding on his shoulders this year. Like you mentioned, defense getting older. Still have one of the premier pass rushers I've ever seen, though, in Von Miller. So you never know what can happen with a guy like that. But looking at a team, which I think could be better. Are you about to tell me an AFC team you think got better? And by the way, the Packers were my NFC selection, just so I could hop back in. The NFC North, clearly the Wits and Raz division this year, as I'll take the Green Bay Packers to win the Super Bowl. But carry on. Fair enough. Um, Major sleeper team, depending on health, which we've talked about many times, Houston Texans. Guys like J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, um, two major cogs in that defense. If they can stay healthy um, and Deshaun Watson can stay healthy and kind of carry this offense with DeAndre Hopkins, they're a team that I think you know could definitely sneak in as a wild card, even win the division. I mean, it's, I think it's going to be tough. The Jaguars are going to be a tough team again. I think they're just getting better, but... 
It's all about getting hot at the right time. And if you want to ask anybody who knows how to do that, Eli Manning won the Super Bowl twice <laughs> in the wild card. Um, so it really is, you know, a time to get hot near the end of the season. And I could see the Texans, depending on their health, being one of those teams that gets hot near the end. That's fair. I mean, again, a lot's riding on a kid who tours ACL in his rookie season, which hurts. And it's, it was sad to see because he was putting up such unbelievable numbers. Um, but, yeah, that division becomes interesting. I don't know how you feel the Colts are going to do if Andrew Luck is true to form and comes back to the player he used to be. That makes that interesting. Again, I still just think they're all a tier below the Patriots, and I don't think the Patriots got any worse this offseason. Um It'll be interesting. I don't know. I, I think it's easy to pick the Patriots now, but things can happen in the season. Injuries. The NFL is crazy to me because of the injuries. The injuries are inevitable. There's no stopping them, and key players are going to go down. It's the scariest part about fantasy football each week. I mean, David Johnson, week one last year for me, pretty much ended my season. So injuries can affect fantasy just as much as they can affect, like we are talking about, the conference races and getting to the Super Bowl. So... We'll have to see. Let's hop off of the NFL for a little bit. We'll get back to it next week. Urban Meyer, the next topic that has recently been coming up, he is being Joe Paterno right now, new of an assistant coach, domestically abusing his wife. This is a problem. He's now on paid leave, and this could be the end of another unbelievably impressive coach, all because he wasn't willing to speak up on behalf of a victim and wasn't willing to speak up on somebody he claimed to be loyal to. So Xander, what are we, what are we taking away from this? I think we're taking away, um, what is just a major problem in sports, um, in general, you know, just not, not really standing up when it's, when it's necessary. Um, you know, kind of taking that, the big money and the big showtime of the sport and, sweeping away some other things that are in the in the big scheme of things a lot more important um i don't have all the details but from what i've seen so far i think ohio state has no choice but to let go of urban meyer um there's some pretty damning reports and pretty damning details and like you mentioned um this does kind of smell like a like a joe paterno case of you know somebody who knew something terribly wrong was happening and and didn't do anything about it um, and I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care how high up you are. Um, I don't care what kind of success you've had at any level, but you know, there's some more important things in life. And, you know, if, if all this stuff about urban Meyer is true, which, you know, it looks like it is, I think they got to let him go. Um, it's amazing to me. The higher you go, the bigger the fall. And you're talking about two of the best college football coaches of all time to start. And I know I'm not even saying Urban Meyer has fallen yet, but you saw Paterno's fall pretty much ending his actual life. I mean, he lost so many wins. They vacated so much of his career due to the acts of Jerry Sandusky, which were so disgusting, obviously. And for Paterno to know and not speak up, it makes, I think it. Uh, it's tough. I've been having a tough time figuring out how I feel about these situations, but I think you're right. At the end of the day, they have to release a guy who literally withheld information or didn't go to somebody to try and help some other human being. I mean, at the most basic level, this is human being on human being interaction, and a man was beating a woman, which should never happen. And Urban Meyer, supposedly, like you said, with all the reports, knew what was going on and never took it to any official and kept him on the team. And 
what's interesting enough is the names that will get dragged for, th with it or through the mud during this process will be Urban Meyer. And just like it was for Sandusky, it was Joe Paterno. So it's interesting to me how the actual criminals hurt other people's names and reputation. And I don't know if it, you consider that fair or not, but the other criminals have such higher people in their lives to be blamed that they kind of kind of go under the radar if you think about it. Yeah, that's, that's a great point, um, and we'll discuss more after the break, but that's all the time we have for the Sporting Edge, everybody. We'll be back after the break with more talk about some college football. we got a little MLB to discuss. Trade deadline um, officially ended this past week, so we'll get to all that after the break. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back, and we're going to finish up real quickly on the Urban Meyer front. I think it's leaving a lot of people shattered. Urban Meyer, to be honest, where this became interesting for me is this is not the first time that his name has been brought up for not sharing information or knowing something was going on and letting it slip through the cracks. There was times at Florida, I mean, if you look at his players, Aaron Hernandez supposedly had been in some criminal situations, and he let that slide. I think he never grew with what society was expecting of people in his like place and his stature. He needs to be the one to speak out for those who don't have a voice. And Xander, it's taken me a lot to uh, get to this point. But yeah, if he is as guilty in terms of not sharing information as they're making it seem, I think he should be let go just like Joe Paterno was. Yeah, um, and you look at Ohio State and kind of finding themselves in a familiar situation. I mean, you look at the opening of this job. Um, that came for Urban Meyer only came because Jim Tressel resigned under the pressure in 2011 for his role in the infamous Tattoogate scandal, which I think kind of pales in comparison um, to what we're dealing with now. But um, you look at basically it's a big question of ethics, in my opinion, and putting ethics above you know the brand um, for all of those wielding the prestige and the power. Um, I think great, great line at the end of the CBS article, you know, basically what did they know and when did they know it? And, you know, did they do enough or anything at all? Um, when, it, when you're comparing really life, uh, you know, to sport, there's so many more things, um, you know, that have to do <laughs> that rather than just football and, you know, a guy like Urban Meyer, who is regarded, I think is one of the better college football coaches of all time. You look at all the success he's had. Um, you know, if, if all this comes out that it's true, it for me, it's just like, well, does it does it all really matter? I mean, the thing with Joe Paterno, does all that stuff really matter if, you know, what he knew about, you know, Sandusky basically abusing these little kids was true? And I think it doesn't. Um, I, I think, you know, if, if you know something, if you know somebody's being hurt and do nothing about it, then I think you, you're basically, for me, almost just as guilty um, as the person who was doing the wrong so, I mean, I don't really have much more to say about it. It's, it's really disappointing to me, um, you know, a guy within that, with that much power and regarded as one of the best coaches in college football, that this is where we're at now. But, you know, if, if that's the case, if the facts are true, um, and where there's, where there's some smoke, there's usually fire. And, you know, I, I think 20, 2018, I think the Buckeyes are going to be without Urban Meyer. Um, and then we'll, we'll look for, we'll look for a new coach for Ohio state. Cause that's probably, it's one of the most coveted jobs I think in college football right now. Right. Absolutely. So let's get out of football. We've done a lot of it. Let's talk a little bit about major league baseball. The trade deadline has come and gone with some interesting trades. Some that again, I don't feel 
made a lot of difference. I mean, I'm talking more specifically the Chris Archer trade to the Pirates, who I know were surging at the time. I just don't think they're going to come out on top in this division or in this wild card. But that was an interesting trade to me. We had a moment where the Rays, after the trade deadline, had no starting pitchers on their depth chart. And then there was also moments where we noticed that the Orioles had just officially dumped everybody, except for Adam Jones. Yeah, um, it was an interesting situation with Adam Jones that he got offered a trade to the Phillies but decided to decline. And I thought he, he uh, had a great, um, a couple of great tweets about it. It was basically just like, you know what, you guys, nobody really knows what's going on with my life except me, and I'm going to make those decisions. Fair enough. I mean, I'm sure Adam Jones, I think, is one of the better just stand-up guys in Major League Baseball when you look at what he's done, not only on the field, but off the field with his charity, with the foundation, all he's done uh, for the Baltimore community. So I think, I think you know, fans from an outside perspective see sports in general as just strictly a business and about winning. But when you look at these guys, I mean, they're, they're actual people. They have lives. Like, I'm sure it's not as easy to just pick up and get traded and move basically your entire life to somewhere else. It's not as easy as a fan would like to think for a guy like Adam Jones. I was like, why wouldn't you want to go to a team that it's a chance to win? I think there's other things that go along with it. But speaking of the Pittsburgh Pirates, I disagree with you. I absolutely loved the move that they made for Chris Archer. Very rarely, I think, do you see a team on the fringe like the Pirates who were only on the fringe because they had, I think they won nine or ten games in a row. They went out and said, you know what, we're going to go for it. And I happen to love that in a, in a very tough division that they probably won't win anyways. I love the fact that they went out and did something for the cause um, in a year after they let go of Garrett Cole, who has been lights out in Houston. They let go of... You know, probably the most notorious player um, of the past decade in that franchise, and Andrew McCutcheon. Um, you know, people thought this was going to be a lost year for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and we might be sitting here at the end of Game One Sixty Two saying that it was just as lost as we thought at the start. But you know what? I love the move. Chris Archer is a guy who I think is going to flourish in Pittsburgh. I think they've they've got a great pitching coach, and I think they're really going to gel together. And Chris Archer could be a guy down the stretch of this Pirates team that. You know, maybe they make a wild card because, um, you know, the, the, the NL Central is tough. I mean, obviously you got the Cubs, who I think are still the best in the NL. But I think that second, that wild card spot is going to be open. You get a lot of you get a lot of dogfighting going on in these divisions and much better dogfights than my AL Central right now. But you look at the Pirates and if they continue to stay hot and maybe they win, you know, 15 out of their next 20 games, they're right there. Um, they're pretty close right now, and I think if Chris Archer comes out and pitches like the 2015 version of himself, this Pirates team definitely has a chance um, with guys like Jameson Tyon, you know, Polanco, Cervelli, um, Josh Turner. I mean, there's a excuse me, Josh Harrison. They've they've got a couple pieces, and I you know what? I have nothing wrong with them going out and going for it because I mean, nothing nothing would excite me more as a Pittsburgh Pirate fan than you know my team deciding not to lay down and going out and getting a guy who maybe could help you make the playoffs. That's interesting. So tell me what else you think about the NL Central moves because there was a bunch of them. I mean, Tommy Pham being traded away to the Rays was interesting, a guy who I thought was going to be a piece for this Cardinals team moving forward. And then you got the Brewers who didn't really upgrade in a sense. I mean, obviously they went out and got players who were pretty good in Mike Moustakis and Jonathan Scope or Shoop, however you want to pronounce it, Scope. Jared Rubin. No, we're, we're going to leave that one up to Jared Rubin on the Monday text. Um, 
But again, like they already had players kind of in place in their infield, and so I'm not totally sure. They just kind of created a logjam when they needed some pitching, whether it was relief pitching or starting pitching. And then the Cubs went out of their way to go get Cole Hamels, which was interesting. I liked that. I heard they were interested in Matt Harvey for a bit too. I don't know if these are the pitchers that push us over the edge. I just know that the pitching rotation in Chicago is brutal, and we need to figure something out. So I'm hoping Cole Hamels is revitalized in Chicago, a place where he's wanted to play for a long time. Yeah, I like the Cole Hamels move. Um, I would say kind of a back-end starter for the Cubs. And, you know, a guy who's got some playoff experience. Um, he's notoriously been, a, been just a great pitcher. You look at his career, there's not many active pitchers out there who I think could, you know, really live up to Cole, Ham- Cole Hamels' reputation. So I like the move. Came out and had a pretty damn first, um, good first start for the Cubs. So I thought that was a good move by them. Um, but I think the most important thing for the Cubs is that their other starting pitching pieces perf- just perform better. I mean, they have the talent. You look at Kyle Hendricks, who you know basically was one of the top guys in the league a couple of years ago, pitching-wise. John Lester's been fantastic. Quintana, if he pitches better, and you know we, we know what we've gotten with you, Darvish, but maybe he comes back and has just a fantastic uh, second half once he gets back. But I agree with you on the Brewers. I think they needed some pitching. Um, I love I love the moves they made with Scope and Moustakis, but I don't know if they were the right moves um, by GM David Stearns to really push this Brewers team over the edge. But you never know. Maybe those two guys, you know, really just revitalize the team and they go on a hot streak. But I think they they could have done more. Also interesting that the Mets decided not to do really anything because um, maybe they except for get rid of Familia. <laughs> Yeah. Which we talked they, about maybe last week. They think they can compete next year with and you know, with a healthy with a healthy Wheeler, Matt, Syndergaard, and DeGrom, I mean there's no telling that the Mets couldn't compete next oh year. Oh my god. But, you and your Mets. I'm, just it's just over it. I, I, I am over it now, but you know, you can't They don't have that. the lineup for it. Their batting sucks. The pitching just isn't together. They're not a healthy team. They're not I don't a healthy know, team, the Mets but just, they could if they were healthy next year, you, you never know. They did they don't they're only three years removed from a World Series, but that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to Real find quick, us. Ryan Dozier, Matt, Manny Machado in the same infield. I think that's pretty interesting. That is pretty spooky. Um, and when Justin Turner comes back. LibertyTalk.fm, AMF247.com. If you miss a show, that's where you can find us. We've got some more fantasy football talk coming up. Um, the countdown is here. We're about a month away from opening day in the NFL. And we'll be back next week, everybody. Challenge Mania. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.